0: And we're live. Welcome everybody to episode 73 of the podcast. We're going to talk about problem solving today. This is uh, probably one of the most, element, most important elements of the program that we put drivers through. And, you know, we've both been around Landstar for a while. We wanted to make this a little more specific to Landstar. Um, but a lot of what we're going to talk about here will help you in any situation you're in uh, because it comes down to dealing with people and proper communication, um, uh, priorities. So we'll kind of go through some, we'll try to give you some examples of, of some of the stuff that we go through and how we handle those situations when they come about. So, um, <clears throat> I would say, based on my experience with being around Landstar drivers uh, and communicating with them in groups, a lot of their frustration comes with canceled loads. So, let's start with what do you do when a load cancels? Um, I think, first of all, you have to understand that there's a lot of stuff that you don't have any control over. And there's a lot of stuff your agent doesn't have any control over. So I have one of my drivers call me the other day and he gave me a, a scenario. I don't remember exactly what it was. And he goes, well, how does that happen? And I said, well, buddy, there's about 17 different answers to that question. And most of them are, I don't know. I, I don't know why a load cancels. Sometimes we'll get a notification from the agent that will say uh, hey this load is canceled the products not ready the order was canceled something happened on the shipper level Um, could have been a scheduling problem could have been a product not ready problem could have been an input but a lot of times we're just not going to know okay and so the way we run our trucks we try to get as many loads on the trucks as we can. We'd love to have them booked up a week in advance. Well, if we've got five loads scheduled and one of them in the middle cancels, well, now we have a bunch of decisions to make. Um, we, If we have good loads beyond that, what are we going to do? Because we've still got those commitments. And if those are good paying loads, we want to keep those loads. So now we've lost the ability to have to be ahead of the curve especially in a market like this i mean you talk our our problem solving skills have been tested in ways over the last 10 weeks cause it's been just unknown after unknown after unknown and so one of the main principles that I personally want to get across is first thing you have to do is you have to take this this adversarial approach that you have with agents and customers and and get out of your not have the first thing in your mind be that somebody's screwing you over. Sometimes stuff happens out of your control and how you respond to that is going to decide whether or not you have high blood pressure and a stroke before you turn 50. So let's just start with that. Larry, what is your, you know, when that email or that phone call comes that that load's canceled, what's the first thing you're thinking of?
1: Well, you, like you said, where is it in the, in the whole grand scheme of things? Um, how much notice do we have? Um, you know, you, my my first instinct is, okay, is this going to be just an effect today, or is this going to affect, you know, multiple days? Um, so, and, but the first thing you got to get over is you got to get over feeling sorry for yourself. Because you can spend all of your energy being mad at the agent or the customer or whatever the cause was for it to cancel. And you can expend a lot of your energy, you know, being angry, <clears throat> or you can understand that if the shoe were on the other foot and you broke down with a load and you're calling the agent, he feels the exact same way. Things happen beyond our control. things happen beyond their control uh just because a load cancels doesn't mean the shipper is screwing you you know, or the or the or the- sp- particularly the agent is screwing you. So, the first thing to do is, is is get over the anger i it, it makes me angry, but I can't dwell on that. I have to go ahead and, and start working on the resolution, not you know not um, spending a lot of time and emotional um, you know um, time and, and, and effort on why did it happen, but how are we going to get out of it and of course, you know so we have to start thinking about all the options. what are the options you know? And, and the thing that uh, has the biggest effect on that is how much time do we have before this becomes a problem. You know, if we get a notice that a load cancels tomorrow, that's a whole lot different reaction on my part than if we're backed up to the dock and the load cancels. You know, that's, those are two entirely different scenarios. Or the, the best scenario is, well, we, we book load several days out, like you mentioned. And let's say a book three, a load three days from now cancels. You know, So all three of those would, would take a different set of problem-solving skills to resolve. But let's take the worst-case scenario. Let's say that we're on the way and the agent calls and goes, whoa, the product's not ready. We're not, we're not going to be able to, to move today. So then you've got to immediately look at the schedule and say, okay, where where is this load taking us? How far away is it? And the first thing I do is go straight to the load board and put in or the origin that we're at right now and where we need to be tomorrow, whenever this load delivered and see if there's a way to fill it. You know, Um, at that point in time, I'm not really all that concerned about rate. I'm just trying to determine if there even is a load available because what are our options here? You know, we either have to, we either have to replace this load at, at whatever cost and keep the rest of the tour intact, or we have to cancel the whole tour and start from here now looking for replacement loads at a certain rate so that's the first decision that you have to make is that is this going to cancel the rest of my scheduled tour or can I fill in here and keep on going so then i look down and see what the loads are that we've got coming up and how you know how good especially right now now the the, the tactic that we're taking today we probably would not have taken it exactly this way 2 months ago and hopefully won't be doing it two months from now but right now as scarce as loads are i hate to give up a load that we've booked out tomorrow or the next day because replacing that load is not you know the closer it is to the day you need the load the more competition there is for the load because most people at landstar don't do what we do and book out so if we're looking for if we deliver today and want to load for tomorrow we have nine thousand other guys doing the exact same thing okay if we work the way we do we have you know, when I'm booking a load for next week, I don't have a lot of competition for that load because most people aren't looking that far ahead, you know? So, um, so that's the first decision is that, you know, are we going to replace it? Um, and the worst case scenario is, and I, we've done this, you know, this is what's it going to cost a deadhead and keep the, and keep the, the tour alive? You know, we had that come up not too long ago you know, where we could not replace a load, but the, the, the loads we had coming up were well, were, we were, we did not want to cancel them for several reasons. The, the rate was good and we have relationships with agents that we don't want to call them and say, Oh, we're coming off your load because the load we have today canceled, you know? So um, I know we're getting to a bigger picture here, but all right. of this has to do with relationship building as well, you know? So as bad as mad as you were that the agent called and canceled on you, Now you're going to turn around and do the same thing to other agents that you've got booked because somebody was mean to you. So I'm going to be mean to them, you know, so we don't want to do that. So, so we have three options. You know, we, uh, we deadhead, we find a replacement load at whatever rate it is, or we cancel everything and start all over from here. So it's a decision you have to make.
0: One of the things that I, You know, I have been in the in the situation a few times, a handful of times, where I have broke down, right? And so now I do not have an operating truck, and I have to call the agent and I have to say, "Hey, I'm broke down." I mean, they can they can be mad if they want to, but it doesn't them being angry does not fix that my truck. Change anything, right? Yeah. So, I think uh, your average BCO or or just truck driver in general would say, well, listen, when I call you and I have a legitimate problem and I can't haul this load, you can't hold that against me. I've done everything I can to meet the commitment, but my truck quit. You know, well, the equivalent to that is the customer not having the product ready. Right. And the one of the biggest mistakes that I see people in the trucking business, and I've seen this from company drivers and I've seen it from lease operators and owner operators and independents and everybody is that you want to kill the messenger you want to go after the agent or the broker but you're not considering the needs of the customer the customer is the the customer and their customers are the only reason there was a load in the first place so whether they did it maliciously whether they screwed up somehow whether they made a mistake whether somebody called them and said you know well, we don't need this product anymore, or we don't need this product till next week. Well, their needs are what's matter. That's, that's the only person in the whole chain that really matters. And so when you get that phone call or that email that your load is canceled, you have got to stop going from zero to 10. And 10 is somebody's being malicious. Somebody found a better rate. Somebody did this to screw me over. You've got to stop thinking that way, because I would guess that probably nine times out of ten or more, there's a legitimate reason that that load canceled. Um, So, and 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 if it's a broker
1: load, you even got it's even more out of our control. You know, if it's a direct customer, that's one thing if it's a broker low, we really sometimes don't even know why they cancel. I mean, there could be some shenanigans going on there. They could have found a cheaper truck. It doesn't really matter. The bottom line is you're not going to pull the load. So how are you going to get over it? That's, that's what we're talking about here. All the reasons right. don't matter. It, it doesn't right. really matter to you why the load cancels. What matters to you is how are you going to react to it? How are you going to respond to it? And this is, this is problem solving one-on-one to take loads out of it. Something bad happens to you. How do you react? Do you pout? You know, do you get angry and want to, you know, want to burn somebody's house down or do you do, you know, what you need to do to to, to recover from this and do the best for you. And and that's the same thing here. You, you got to get over the emotion part of it. It doesn't really matter what why happened or why, who did it, or it, that doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything. What happens now is are you going to sit there and lose a day pouting over it? You know, I'm not going to move because this load paid $3 a mile and I can't find anything except pay $1.50 a mile. Or are you going to recover from it, you know, and be smart, not, you know, angry. And, and that's, I guess, the lesson we're trying to teach here is that, you know, the, the, your recovery is all on you. It's your effort, you know, and, and your recovery will be a lot more successful if you go at this with the right attitude. You know, you can fix everything with attitude and, yeah. uh, and you can control attitude. You know, that's the one thing that you can control. Is you can forget about why and go okay. Here's what we got to do, and and you and I do it. You know we, we get you know we're with a fleet. We're a phone call away from this process twenty four hours a day. You know, you know people, my friends, they don't understand my business. You know they don't. They well you're home all the time. Well yeah, I'm home all the time. But it's Monday and I could get a call. It's a holiday right now. I could get a call tomorrow in a, in the next ten minutes would change everything. And those problem solving skills you're talking about have to immediately go into play, even though I'm at a cookout or whatever it is, you know, I've got to stop, you know, I could be, I could be sitting there winding down and one of my drivers give me a call. I'm dead in the water <laughs> and, and everything changes. You got to drop what you're doing. And and you got, and that's, that's the thing that I have to do as a fleet owner. Now as a, as the one truck, one one driver situation it's not quite that, you know, that, um, yeah, fragile, but, uh, but the point is the, 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 the the resolution is the same, you know, how do you go about resolving it? You know, and I can tell you right now, the quicker you get over the anger of it, the better your resolution process will be, you know? Now that's easy said and, 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 and not always easy to do because we all have emotions. You know, we, you know, we, I mean, you hear you've got the perfect week going. Okay. And then, and then, you know, the, your first load cancels now, you know, uh, you know, my perfect week now has gone to, you know, gone to hell, you know, but look, that's, that's part of being in business. You know, we, we teach all of our drivers here that come over, you know, we don't, we don't hire drivers to come here and have a driving job. We hire drivers to come here and learn how to become businessmen, and that's the. There's two things I talk about at orientation, and one of them is changing your identity from an employee to employee, to a self-employed person, and developing the problem-solving skills so that you can react to these things that are going to happen and turn a negative into a positive. You know, those are the two primary things we talk about from day one. And, uh, and so it and we, the reason we talk about it is because it's not easy to do. And a lot of people don't naturally have those abilities. You know, those can be learned uh, skill sets. And But we've identified early on that that's the, that is the key to success here. You know, not here, but in, in at Landstar, certainly, and in trucking in general, is the ability to conquer those two issues. And that's why we talk about them from day one
0: so let's shift from a canceled load to a load with problems we've had um, um, I'll use two experiences we've had recently um, I i booked a load uh, I have a dedicated run every week that runs Tuesday to Friday and so I will get a load that I can do on Monday and Tuesday morning to fill in the gap and um, the the one there's one load a week that I have to just find something to fill in that gap. Some you know there's occasions that I don't find anything, um, but I found a load. It was a hundred and I don't know hundred. Think a hundred and thirty mile deadhead. I got over there for my appointment, and eight hours later, I'm still sitting in a dock waiting to get loaded. Now I've got to still deliver this load if I ever get loaded and I've got to make it to my dedicated direct Landstar customer load. And so we started talking about it and I tried checking in with shipping and this was, this was what, about two weeks into the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And um, I could not get any information that gave me any confidence whatsoever that I was going to get loaded. Ever, So I called the agent and I said, it's 10 o'clock at night. Here's the situation. I've been here eight hours. Um, This ain't working. And they they proposed. They said, well, if you want to leave, let me know. All right. So there I have some indication from them that they're like okay with that. So Larry and I had a conversation about it. We called uh, Landstar Customer Service. We had a conversation with them about it. Wasn't very productive, but we had a conversation. We, we, We at least got it documented. We called the agent again, and we said, all right, we're done. And I went in, and I formed the shipping office. I said, look, I'm leaving. We're not staying here to get this load. And I pulled out of the dock, closed my doors, and left. Now, we left that money on the table, and we've turned in a, we turned in a truck order not used, but I don't know if anything's ever going to come out of it. We've done all we could do. We showed up for the load. We were there when we were supposed to be. We did everything right. But this shipper, it was some kind of food place. Uh, the whole place was just uh, from the minute I pulled through the gate, I just knew I was walking into a disaster area. and And we bolted. And I, so, you know, I, I had to eat 130 mile deadhead over there. And then I had to eat about almost 400 miles deadhead. So not only did we lose all the time, we lost about 600 miles worth of fuel. Um, but we could not give up and jeopardize the relationship that I've had for six years. We had another one where a driver was supposed to go and get all this PPE. Protective equipment, and so he does. He does exactly what he's supposed to do. He gets there when he's supposed to be there, and they said, "Oh, you don't have enough. You got to go buy steel-toed shoes, and you got to buy this, and you got that." So he goes and spends what two hundred bucks, two hundred fifty dollars. Goes back to the shipper, does everything he's supposed to do, and then they said, "Oh, well, um, we don't load till after. We don't load after two o'clock. You got to come back tomorrow." And we said, all right, no, we're done here. And we called the agent, and we left.
1: (laughs) I called the agent several things.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, that's obviously, that's. here's the thing. That is never option one. This is always, if you're ever going to do that, this got to be like option 10. You have got to have extinguished and exhausted every other possible um, thing that you can do before you're ever going to bail on the load because you don't do that. You 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 essentially signed a contract when you got that rate right confirmation. You're going to pull that load no matter what. And you know, and I've been in situations before where Landstar Corporate has said, "Look, the only load that matters is the one on your trailer. Um, that that's your that's your immediate foremost commitment." is the load um, on your trailer, right? So, um, if you have another load booked and your trailer doesn't get empty, that's, that's what you're stuck with, you know? Fortunately, that doesn't happen very much.
1: Um, now, now, the haters are going to jump on that driver for not having the PPE equipment already.
0: But here's yeah, the well, thing. yeah, let's talk about that. We, we took
1: that load, and we knew that he had to have a certain type of PPE suit, okay, Right. for this load specifically. We knew that up front. We were told where to get it. We were there an hour early to get the equipment exactly that was on the ratecon You know, had we known that he had to have all this other stuff, we would have had time to have prepared for that, but we didn't know that. And there were some things that – most people, well, I don't say most people, but this guy's fairly new to Landstar, fairly new to Hazmat, and so there's some things that he did not have. And so... Um,
0: well, and most of the stuff on that list, pre-pandemic, they would have handed him Yeah, hard hat. You know, I've gone into, there's a, there's a plant up here 50 miles from my house, and when you go in there, they hand you a respirator. They hand you a hard hat. They hand you whatever you need. But because of this pandemic nonsense, they won't that that was that was what escalated this to a whole other level because now, instead of having stuff that they'll loan you we, now you've got to go get it you know and I'm going to tell you I don't carry steel toe boots in my truck i've got I've got hard sole you know I've got tennis shoes or leather shoes that i that I wear all the time but I don't run flatbed when I ran flatbed, I always wore steel toes, but I don't, I don't have steel toes in the truck with me, uh, and most people will say you have to have steel toed boots in the production area. well we're never in the pro- the production area and so you know I, that's why I stopped carrying steel toe shoes with me because I never I never needed them. Right. So, in this case, the the rate confirmation came with, you need to have this, and this, and this, and this. No, it came with one thing. You have oh, that's this right. You're right.
1: suit, okay, and we yeah, went, suit. got that suit, and we're still an hour early to load, and when he gets there, the security guard goes, no, 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 no. Here's all the things you have to have. Hard hat, respirator, steel-toed shoes, and various other things. So, Fine. He calls me. I said, well, look, go get it. I mean, so we turn around and go right back to the place down the road to get all that stuff. Okay. We get everything we get back. And there's a certain type of respirator that they don't sell there that we had to go get somewhere else. Okay. So we get all that. And now when we get there, it's after one thirty, and they quit loading at one thirty. So now we, after not knowing that we had to have all this stuff and spending two and a half hours getting it up now, we can't get loaded. Again, it's not that having this stuff was the problem. Not knowing that we were going to have to have it was the problem. And not having time to prepare for that because we did exactly what the Raycon said to do. Exactly. So that's when we made the decision, well, wait a minute. You know, we, we, we can't sit here and load this load tomorrow because we've got the rest of this guy's tour already planned out. So that's when I told the agent, I said, look, here's the problem. You didn't tell us about this stuff. We didn't have the stuff. By the time we got the stuff, we can't get loaded. Guess what? We're not pulling the load. I called Landstar Corporate. And I talked to them about it. They were, they understood. Matter of fact, they called the agent. The, this was a sub agent I was dealing with. They called the primary agent and got his, you know, he got on board with this as well. So no problem. We'll take you off the load. So, you know, um, it was resolved, but we wasted a a lot of time. We wasted, uh, we you know, we lost that load, and we ended up having a deadhead up to our second load. Um, There again, all that could have been avoided had we had a complete and thorough dispatch, which is Landstar's policy for agents to follow that this particular agent did not follow. So we can get mad and pout about it or we can just move on which we did we moved on driver ended up still having a great week we lost one day we made up for it with all the other loads that we already had booked on the truck that were great loads so but there again we had to make we had to be decisive we had to decide what we were going to do we had to do it in a way that was uh, professional and also had to um you know make sure that we uh, covered all our bases and and communicate with everybody so that everybody was on the same page. And when it was all said and done, it was fine. They understood. They said, we don't, you know, I, I guess they may not have known at the time, although the, the agent did send me an email after the fact with all these requirements on it, you know, that we didn't get prior to the fact. So, yeah. Anyway.
0: That, again, I want to I say that, you know, th- this is not option one. You know that th- th- we we have a protocol of a lot of communication and we've had to we've modified our operation over the last year that like for example we now have individual email accounts for all the trucks and that way that just makes it so much easier to know who's talking to who um because i, I was telling one of the drivers was me the other day well how do you uh, communicate with the agents i said often you know well well what should i say tell them when you got there tell them when you got loaded tell them when you leave tell them when you get there tell them when you're empty i mean it's very simple communication but agents have told me over time that one of their biggest frustrations with bco's is they won't communicate they won't answer the phone they won't return emails they won't give in and out times they won't tell them the trailer numbers And they're constantly having to chase people in order to get the information that they need to pass along to their customer. And their customer could be a broker. We have got to stop this um, prejudice against third-party loads that somehow they don't count. They pay the same as direct customer loads. You know, they, they, they... They pay you to haul those loads. And so you deserve them the basic respect to the agent and to the broker and to the customer that you do if there's no broker. It's just an agent and a customer. Um, But we've got too many people that they want to look down their nose at a third-party load because it's not direct to a Landstar agent and then, you know, try to treat them differently. Well, guys, that's how we've ended up in a situation where we'll call to get a load. And we'll get a response back that says they won't load a Landstar truck. There's a reason for that. And with 1,400 agents and 10,000 BCOs, I can guarantee you, it, it's not 100% the agent's fault that there are brokers that won't load Landstar trucks.
1: <laughs>
0: right. You know? Sure. Um, so, breakdowns. Let's talk about breakdowns because with five trucks, you know, we, we have more – opportunities for there to be a breakdown this one i think could be broken into a couple of different um, categories one preventing the breakdown in the first place which is instead of running from your 120 you need to embrace your 120 do not start looking around and throwing darts at a map when it's 120 time where do i get my 120 done you need to have somebody that you have created a relationship with over time to do that 120 every single time it's every four months so you need to have somebody that you can go to every four months that's familiar with you and familiar with your truck that will get under there and Give you good information that will help you maintain your truck because you need to have them help you find the stuff not that's going to fail your 120 today, that's going to fail your next or the one after or the one after. Um, fortunately, we have one of those, and every every time, I mean, uh, I had what was it? I had one of the drivers come through um, for something little tiny, you know, and. Of course, he crawls under there, and every time he crawls in, hey, hey, you gotta look this. Oh, gotta look that. Oh, what this here loose, and you know, your truck's maintenance is an everyday process. You need to be looking at it every day, but you're not a mechanic. You're not going to see things that they're going to see, and so it makes a lot of sense to have a relationship with someone that is a Landstar inspector. That way they know what to look for, but can also help you find other things that are going to create problems down the road. So that's the first part of of dealing with problem solving when it comes to breakdown, prevent the breakdowns. I had a guy working on my truck yesterday. Okay, same guy. And, you know, Larry made that joke about dead in the water. That was me on Friday, sitting on the side of the road, uh, trying to figure out why my truck just shut off. And my truck shut off about six times in two hours, and um I ended up on the shoulder three times, and I kept wiggling and touching wires until I got something to work and and so um yesterday he came over and looked at the truck all right out of four batteries, I had three different loose connections: the wire that runs from the battery box to the ECM, when he touched the little wire, it broke. The magnetic switch on the firewall was dirty. And one of the lugs in the fuse box on the Freightliners, there's four lugs on the side of the power distribution model. One of those was loose, okay? He methodically went through there and checked everything and found these loose, whether they were left loose or they worked loose, but that stuff's gonna happen and so you know, fortunately, I was in a position that I could I could tinker around, and I managed to to get it running. But this is also the same guy. If you go back and listen to a podcast from before, that probably saved us fifteen thousand dollars by replacing a twenty five dollar ignition switch that nobody else on planet Earth would have found but him. So, preventative maintenance is absolutely essential to prevent you from being in the in the position where you have to call a customer and say hey, I'm not going to make it, my truck's broke down. Because statistically speaking, catastrophic failures are rare. They really are. There's a lot of little nickel and dime crap that will shut your truck down that's not sending a rod through the motor or breaking a transmission or breaking rear end. There's a lot of little stuff that will screw you up, and you need to have a good, solid relationship with a great mechanic That will get under your truck once a week or every other week and help find those little things. Okay, so now you broke down. Well, the first call, after you if you're on the side of the road, obviously, after you've got your triangles out, because you don't want to be sitting duck, you gotta call that agent and let them know, hey, I'm broke down. Then you've got to either fix it yourself, which I carry enough tools that I can fix. Almost anything except big, big stuff. Um, But then what do you do when you're sitting there and you've got to find somebody? Well, fortunately, we have got Google. We've got apps. You've got all this different stuff, and you got to find somebody that's going to come. And I remember when I bought my truck and I was no longer, you know, leasing where even when I was a lease truck operator, I had a maintenance department and uh, I blew a, a hose on the intake and I'm on the side of the road and I pulled my phone out and I started to call TA and then I went oh, God what are you doing that'll cost $300 just for them to get in the truck and drive up here and um, I looked in the side box and I got a roll of duct tape and I duct taped it back together enough to get to the truck stop um, but <clears throat> You know, having an Uber and Lyft account so that if you did blow a hose, well, you can go find the part and you can have an Uber or Lyft bring it to you on the side of the road and you can put it back on yourself and fill it up with coolant or whatever you got to do. But you've got to get more familiar with the maintenance of your truck so you can do little stuff like that. But once that happens, you have got to give that agent the courtesy of a call at the very instant that you have broken down because now they have a lot of people, they've got to notify and they've got to get a truck under uh, that load. Now, if you're under a load, then we've got to start talking about, are they going to have to repower it? Can you get fixed fast enough to stay under the load? Um, And listen, if you've never, and I I didn't have to deal with a repower, gosh, till I think I'd been at Landstar two years. Um, Repowers do not go in your favor. Um, I think you ought to talk a little bit about repowers, Larry, and and let people really know what that process is like um, and the pitfalls, because you can really get hosed on repower.
1: Well, that's probably the last thing you want. You want to try to do everything you can not to repower. I'll tell you that, because here's the thing. At that point in time, their problem-solving technique is to pay whatever it takes to get this load delivered so now they've got to entice another bco and i don't need to tell you how you entice bcos but it's not with you know doing me a favor it's with how much are you going to give me so it becomes a bidding contest basically what you know it becomes what's called an sos load and uh they'll post it on the board and they'll just keep raising the price until somebody takes it and that um that price is paid by what the, the load paid to begin with. And most of the time, or, or at least a good part of the time, that exceeds what um, you would have made on the load. So, in a, so you end up doing your part for free, is what it boils down to. If you give the load up, and you're, you're, unless you're in a really, really unusual situation where you're only a few miles from delivery and somebody happens to be living there and is, you know, wants to help, help out a guy, you're going to end up um, doing whatever you did on the load for free, you know, and uh, because they'll pay whatever they have to pay to get the load covered, you know, and, um, and then the whatever BCO over. have
0: to pay the, does the BCO have to pay the difference or does Landstar do that? No,
1: no, it, it won't cost the BCO, but, but it, it costs the BCO in the fact that, it, let's just say the load paid $1,000, okay, and you get halfway through the load and you break down, and, and so now they have to repower. Well, they start to load out on the load board for, let's say, I don't know, $500, nobody hits it. So they raise it to $750, nobody hits it. They raise it to $1,000, they finally get somebody that's will, willing to do it for that. Well, the, the customer's just paying a 1000 okay? So now um, VCO who broke down is at zero, and repower VCO is at full price, and sometimes even landstar will have to will kick in money to get it covered if that's what it requires. Now that's on a one you know one one on one basis or or a uh, what's the what's the phrase um, case by case case by case basis you know. But I have seen where um, the corporate will will put will put especially if it's like an automotive load or a big national account or whatever they'll actually kick in money and uh to again to get them the load moved but the but the point i'm trying to make is that if you repower a load you're you're not going to make any money you've lo- you've lost everything that you've done on that load at that point in time to the point where we actually have repowered our own loads you know you don't have to give the load up you can you can get it repowered yourself if you can do that and we have done that more than once where we'll call people that we know and just say, Hey, you know, finish this off for us, help us out here. And then we pay them directly. And, you know, and, and Landstar doesn't care as long as the loan gets delivered. The agent usually doesn't care as long as the loan gets delivered. So we yeah. just paid the other BCO with a com check, you know, and it, 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 they weren't in the, in the settlement flow at all. You know, we just paid them out outright. Um, and that way you still got the control. You get you 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 repower it or put it or, or give it back to Landstars and SOS log, you're completely out of control there. You you can't you can't help with the decision making process whatsoever, you know. But if you stay under the load, the low stays stays assigned to your truck and you find another BCO that will help you out and deliver it for you, you pay him, then you know you're you're still maintaining control of of that transaction. And if you, if you're finding somebody that you, that you have a relationship with, you know, that the load's going to get delivered. And, and, um, in our case we didn't, it wasn't even late, you know, we, we, it was delivered and still delivered on time, you know? So sometimes, you know, with, with having a fleet, sometimes we can actually repower our own loads with our own trucks, but sometimes we have relationships with other BCOs that we can call on and, and, um, you know, there's a, um, uh, you know, a, we scratch each other's back situation where we help each other out. So,
0: you, so the only one I can think of we really had to do that was the wreck, right? When we, I think so. Could,
1: yeah, and in October when we had a, a driver have an accident with a trailer, well, that was a, a situation too where the actual was the trailer was damaged, so it had to be had to be cross docked and and reloaded onto another trailer, and um, that was a whole different whole yeah. different set of problems. But um,
0: yeah, we need to do a separate video so that people know what all happens. You know, what what are the after effects of ha- of having a wreck? and, 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 you know, losing a truck, losing a trailer, losing a road, losing a driver, you know, there's, there's lots of, uh, lots of rolling consequences that come in after, um, after you have a wreck. So yeah,
1: it, it doesn't end there because there's a lot of deductible. If you, if you really, really look at your lease contract, there's a lot of deductibles that you're responsible for, um, uh, the trailer, uh, the contents, uh, if another party's involved, there's, there's several different deductibles there that you're responsible for. And so it's, um if you, it, it, the first time you go through this, it's quite, quite a learning experience, you know, that, you know, you weren't expecting. Um, so just to give you a, a, just a thumbnail of it, uh, there's a thousand dollar deductible and then two deductibles. Now I don't remember which one's which, but the three categories are trailer contents and an injured third party or a third, another vehicle involved with that was damaged. So those three different claims uh, together, it's $5,000 worth of deductible that you're responsible for. So, and there's no insurance that you can get to cover that.
0: Yeah, that'd be handy. Um, Okay. So we, we've talked canceled loads we've talked canceling loads um maintenance on the truck um maybe for some new people we should just talk a little bit about about picking loads about going through the process of um generating revenue you know we've talked about that in other podcasts but i think it would be good for some people to hear um how we how we look at putting a week's worth of revenue together so okay. pre
1: <laughs> pre-pandemic well, or post pandemic? well you know um,
0: during the pandemic <laughs> well i think i think our model has been proven you know yeah. through this because Absolutely. um yeah well, cuz I mean you could look right now and see how many loads we have done in say the last 8 weeks that did not meet our minimum criteria and what is it 15 20% maybe no of, of the, yeah
1: no more than that I mean there's some loads that we do every week that we know are not going to meet criteria because they're filler loads. So if you don't count those, it's probably less than that. You know, you do one or two loads every week that would not meet criteria, except for the fact that your primary load covers the, 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 that week's minimums. These loads are just fillers, you know? So if you take those out, then it's even less than that, you know? And then, like you say, we had a couple situations where we intentionally, um, you know, did not take a load or we had a problem we had to fill in, but yeah, it, it, it hasn't really, I mean, it, the time it takes for me to find the loads and book them has gone up incredibly, uh, amount, an incredible amount because of this, because they're just, they're harder to find, but we're finding the loads, especially if we're not having to find loads for today or tomorrow, if we're still find, if we're looking for loads, that are three or four or five days out, um, not really having a big problem finding those. The problem we're having is if something comes up, and we have to find a load today, or find a load late today for tomorrow. That's where we end up having to sometimes take a load that would not meet what we consider our minimum criteria, just yeah. to keep moving or to, or to or to fill in to bridge a gap, you know, a problem. Result. So result. our
0: our minimum criteria is we start about two dollars a mile, and twelve hundred fifty dollars a day
1: right
0: now in the middle of 2018
1: and and, I was, and the ability to drive it in one shift so yeah, 600 okay. miles or so you know
0: yeah and so you know in 2018 i i was dispatching myself i set my minimum at three dollars and fifteen hundred dollars a day and now to com- contrast that we're setting it at a thousand dollars and about a buck seventy you know, buck sixty just just to make sure that we're getting anything and everything that will be covered. But the median of that is twelve fifty a day, two dollars a mile, be able to pick it up today, be rid of it tomorrow, get another load, and so each truck should do five loads a week at twelve hundred dollars a day, two dollars a mile. If we do that, the driver gets paid we get paid everybody's happy that's our that's our happy spot anything above that is gravy right and you know i i stumbled upon that myself the last quarter that i owned my truck and um had the best quarter that i ever had the whole time i owned my truck by by searching for loads that day which meant if a load took two days it had to pay 2500 and if it took three days it had to pay 3750 um so you know we'll occasionally find some two-day transits uh, that we'll get in the 21 to 2200 range but you're talking about 800 miles 900 miles to do that and so it's a good paying load and it stretches over that time but um what was our big truck last week Seventy. Three hundred seventy-five
1: hundred, I
0: think. Yeah, it wasn't seventy-five. It was. Uh, I think it was seventy-three or 70,
1: seventy-three. 70, I believe.
0: Yeah. You know, so that's one guy in the in the current market conditions in May of 2020 that booked himself a seventy-three hundred dollar week gross revenue. Um. No, I was wrong. Seventy-five oh eight eighty. Okay. I mean, you know, I, I guarantee you, there's somebody's going to see this right now. And 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 we'll say, well, that's not possible. Well, it was because he did it. You know, seventy five hundred bucks uh, in seven days. Um, that includes the holiday weekend, right?
1: It delivers Tuesday morning, yes. But he's been okay. home since Saturday,
0: so. right? So yeah, home for a long weekend, and and seventy five hundred bucks. You know, and that at that without the pandemic pay, he's still looking at making seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars plus the pandemic pay.
1: Seventeen seventy plus the pandemic and five he did five loads is two hundred and fifty so it'll be two thousand dollars, over two thousand dollars.
0: Yeah. That's a company driver on a W two that doesn't own the truck in May of twenty twenty in a pandemic, making two thousand dollars um You know, and I guarantee you, there are some BCOs right now that are running that aren't making two thousand dollars a week, and we got a company driver that just and he's
1: been with us since October of last year, so he's been here less than six months. Yeah,
0: and started dispatching himself in January. January. Yeah, and and he's our he's our he's our rock star. You know, he the customers and agents love him. Uh, He communicates well. He asks all the right questions. He He's just an absolute model of, of what it takes to be successful here. And when he becomes a BCO y'all get, y'all better get ready because he's going to be taking just wheelbarrowfuls of cash to the bank. Well, and the best I, thing
1: about him is his attitude. He, he has a great yep. attitude and that's what allows this to happen right here. That's why he's a great learner. He listens. He's, um, you know, he, he's an excellent communicator. And he's very respectful, you know, and and so and a lot of this stuff. Now he's developed his own relationships with his own agents, you know. Some of these loads are are, are relationships he's developed, you know. So because um, some of these loads weren't even on the board. So
0: yeah, and that's that's half that's that's more than half the battle here at Landstar is building those relationships so that the agent calls you. Um, or, you know, you're going to be in an area, you know, that, that, that customer has freight, you know, and we're looking out a week or so in advance so we can call an agent. Hey, do you have one of those out of there? Oh yeah, I do. All right. Well put me on, you know? And so, you know, now I can, if I, if I know I've got a driver going to a certain place I all we'll call, call ABC over there and see if they have, you know, a load out of that shipper. And, um, and man, we've we've booked some some fantastic loads over the last 10 weeks just because we knew who had freight. And then when you get in a situation like this where you know who has direct customer freight, that's contract by the way and not affected by the market, um, you can start um, dispatching and routing yourself in around those customers um, and, you know, you've seen a few of the superstars show up in the Facebook groups of of talking about, you know, what they were able to book. And, and I guarantee you, there's been guys that probably have had a 2018 experience during this pandemic, you know, because they knew who to call and who had freight. And they're out here making just killer money. Um and, and and by the way, all of our trucks are dry van or company vans, so we
1: don't have any flatbed stuff. All this is dry van rate stuff. So
0: Yeah. Um I know there's something else. Um oh, detention. This is well, this is one that gets everybody fired up. <clears throat> why don't you why don't you offer your best practices for detention? Because some of our <laughs> drivers need to hear this.
1: Well, you know, I, I just I want drivers to understand that detention is not something that's guaranteed. You know, we, we can't we, we can't we won't know if we're really going to get it until we get it. But here's the thing. If we don't try, we're never gonna get it. And my experience with Landstar is that about half the time if we document it and do the go through the procedures properly. And especially if we're dealing with an agent that we have got a relationship with, which, you know, we have a lot of those, and they go to bat for us, we can get it probably more than 50% of the time. So because of that, you know, I try to get our guys to understand that, look, if, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're there two hours and they haven't touched your trailer yet, you know you're going to be there long enough that we could probably apply for detention. So start the process then and there. Notify the agent, document your times, you know, get everything that the agent wants to go to bat for you and get the process started, okay? Now, if, you get, if they get you unloaded in 15 minutes and you're out of there, well, just forget about it, okay? But if they're like you, where they, you were there for, what, eight hours or something, and oh, by the way, that, that freight bill is still active in the system. So there is some, you know, the, the, the customer has been billed, you know, whether or not we get anything for it, you know, we can't control that. But, but the agent did, uh, and you can always, by the way, you can tell if your detention or your, or your truck order not used or, or any of your accessories that you're applying for after the fact, the way, you know, if those are really in, uh, um, uh, in process is the freight bill will still be alive on, on your, uh, in your, uh, online, you know, your, your loads in process. If that freight bill is still there, it's waiting for the customer to pay. So. Um, you know, and and I, I just get my drivers to start the process and then I have a way that I flag it and I just keep following up with about every couple of weeks. I'll call the agent and say, how are we doing on this? You know, what, what's the latest and, and they know that I'm not going to forget about it and let it just, um, you know, just die with age. So they uh, tend to not, you know, bullshit me about, oh yeah, we've put in for it because I can tell if they have or not. And, um. You know, we had a I had a driver uh, get paid eleven hundred dollars his part, his part um, on um, a couple of uh, or not used from back in February, March, just a couple a couple weeks ago. So it takes time, but it's certainly worth. It. I mean, no more trouble than it is to do a little paperwork and to follow up. I mean, um, over the course of a year, that can make a big difference in how much money you make if you take the trouble to do it. Now, a lot of guys just think, "Well, I'm, you know, I'm not going to get it, so I'm not going to go through all the trouble." But it's really not that much trouble. It's just documentation, and then, you know, follow up. That's really all there is to it. And and again, just like the problem solving we talked about, you can't get all, you know pouty when you don't get it, it because here's the thing we the, the the agent can bill it landstar can bill it but the, ultimately the customer has to agree to pay for it and if they won't pay for it there's nothing we can do especially if it's a customer that landstar doesn't want to lose over a 60 dollars detention thing so you know it, it it it's out of your control but your part is you can control the fact that you can start the process and then and then the the other thing is develop a system where you follow up because applying for it's one thing, but staying on top of it, calling, you know, making sure that, um, you know, that, that, uh, that squeaky wheel gets a grease syndrome is is working in your, in your favor. Uh, and I've, you know, I've been pretty successful over the years getting detention. You know, it's not been the, the problem is trying to get it where we didn't start the process and we don't have the agent's, um, uh, on our side because we didn't follow the procedures that, especially if it's a third party load, you know, when you're dealing with brokers, you, you have to, you know, play by their rules. And, and so a lot of those rate cons have exact procedures for what you got to do for detention or whatever like that. And if you don't do that, they're just not going to do it because you didn't follow the rules to begin with. So that's the, that's what the driver has to do is make sure he follows the rules that the rate con sets forth. And then after that, I take the ball there and run it because I'll, I'll stay, I'll stay on top of it. And, um, but that's, I mean, if you don't, again, you're never going to get it. If you, if you don't, uh, if you don't apply, it's like the lottery. You can't win if you don't play. Okay. So if you, if you don't at least apply for it or try to get it, you're never going to get it. And even when you do, you're only going to get it probably half the time, but still, as many loads as we do in a year, um, it's worth me to do it it's worth me taking the trouble to do it i guarantee you that our driver that got 1100 bucks in the past couple weeks is glad we did it you know so
0: how much were those tolls altogether that we chased for a year seventeen hundred dollars you know but that comes back to that documentation yep we we documented and submitted and documented and submitted and documented and submitted but we we've now created a, a, a pretty handy um, online uh, cloud or archive system that we, we keep all the freight bills, all the everything for the trucks. And so if somebody has some sort of question about a freight bill, we can go pull up that exact freight bill because we keep a digital copy of everything. Um, but if you if you don't, if you don't have that archive and you don't have that ability to document as you're doing it, because again, you are a business owner. You are not a driver anymore. And I was talking with one of our new drivers. I mean, in, I mean, we hired two brand new drivers right when the hammer fell on this pandemic.
1: March, March 30th.
0: Yeah. That was earlier than that wasn't it? No, because it was, yeah, it no, was, yeah. it was yeah, the
1: weekend right. of the, the truck show was going to be.
0: Right. Yeah. So at the end of March, we hired two brand new drivers right in the middle of all this. And I was talking to uh, one of the new ones the other day, and he's like, I never would have believed how hard this was, you know. And I'm like, yeah, imagine having a $2,000 truck payment to go with it. And he was like, I couldn't do it. I, there's no way, you know, because you, you have to change so much of your mindset. Um, i had a i had a conversation with my 13 year old daughter this morning um they they have some chores they have to do and they have an a list and a b list and they switch every week and you know they they do about half of what they're supposed to and uh, so when i got up this morning um, i went into the kitchen that was full of dirty dishes and so um i did a bunch of dishes and i said uh, who's dish duty and she was like oh my brother And I said, no, that starts today. Whose duty was it yesterday? She said, mine. I said, who did your job this morning? She said, you did. And I said, I told I explained to her, I said, look, I have authority over you because I'm responsible for you. You know, you, you don't have your own income. You can't go out and take care of yourself. I'm responsible for you. Therefore, I have authority over you. And so I can tell you what to do. And I told her that it's time, you know, she'll be 14 here in a few weeks it's time for you to start taking responsibility for your, um, taking your responsibilities more seriously. That you, you need to start doing the things on that list without being told to do them, without me chasing you around. And I said, what we teach our drivers is that when we give you a week's worth of assignments, you have to start at the end and work your way backwards um because in we've had a few situations with with drivers that, that aren't here anymore where we would give them a week's worth of loads on a friday and the following wednesday they call hey i'm not gonna be able to deliver this load and i'm like well why not you've had all that information since last friday oh well i didn't look at it till today i think we found the problem you know um because if you can't see me on the end of your nose or the end of the, the hood of your truck and you don't, you don't calculate for today, what's going to happen Thursday or Friday or the middle of next week, then you're going to get to one of those days and realize that something you did yesterday is going to come up and bite you in the ass two days from now. And so proper planning, um, that, that has to be, uh, um, Uh, I think one of the drivers asked me one day he said well when when do I need to look at this stuff and I said every minute of every day you know you have to constantly be thinking about where you are and where you're going and where's the next load and when do you have to be there and when you have to deliver that one because everything you do every minute of the day something can upset that that's going to come back and, and affect you three or four days from now so our system of picking loads, there's a lot of hustle. And there's probably, honestly, there's more hustle involved in what we do than a lot of BCOs want to do. And that's fine. I'm not saying that our system is is perfect, and but it it has to work for what we do because we have to pay the driver well, and we also have to get paid. So we've got to run a lot of revenue through these trucks. Um, but, an, you know, a regular average BCO could do – things like we do them and just make a pile of money you know there, there's no reason whatsoever that a, a bco especially one with a paid for truck can't make 150 hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year net profit um, after saving for maintenance and paying their taxes and stuff um uh, but it involves a lot of hustle um so detention um tolls truck order not used well, um hit hit truck order not used a little more specifically just because a lot of people don't really know what to do with a truck order not used
1: well <clears throat> i'm assuming that you know what it is i mean what once you start moving towards a load if it cancels after you have made some effort to get there you you, you've spent time spent money moved the truck and 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 you find out after you've already started that process of going to that load if it cancels that point in time you're somewhat entitled to what's called a truck order not used t-o-n-u and so if a agent calls you and cancels the load while you're still on your current load then no you're not eligible for that but if you've delivered and you're on your way or especially if you've gotten to the shipper and the product's not ready something like that uh, but even prior to that even if you're empty and you've started your day you know you're three hours into your day and you find out well this load's not going to go then um you know we have a or landsar has a um, system for that where they will again the through the agent will bill the uh, customer for a truck or not used now there's not there's no set dollar for that. I've seen 150. I've seen 250. There's you know and it it it's going to be uh, not necessarily a standard rate. Uh, a lot of it depends on how much trouble you've gone through, you know, and how much time you spent. But the thing that you have to do though is you have to pull out one of those blank bills of lading that you got orientation, and you have to create a bill of lading for the truck order not used. And you got to s- submit that, you transflow it, or however you send your paperwork through on a normal load to Landstar for that truck order not used. And again, you'll be able to tell if it's been processed because that freight bill number will still be alive. It won't be. It, it won't come off of your settlement. It'll still be showing as an outstanding load on on Landstar online, also on your settlement. Um, and that way, you know that, it, that that has been processed and the customer has been billed. Now, there again, you you may watch that for three months and all of a sudden it goes away. And you call BCO Settlements and you go, what happened? They say, well, let me transfer the bill. And they, you get the bill and they go, well, the customer refused to pay for it. That's the end of the story, okay? But you could watch it for two or three months and all of a sudden on your settlements, you get a truck order not used for $150, $200. And you'd forgotten about it because it was three months ago, you know, uh, because billing will, will stay with it until the customer refuses to pay for it or pays for it one or the other. But there again, the process is you have to create the bill of lading and you have to submit it with your paperwork, just like you delivered the load, you know, with the trip truck and trailer number on it and all that sort of stuff. And, um, Again, um, half the time you'll get it; half the time you won't. But if you don't do it, you'll never get it. So, yeah,
0: I, I think one of the one of the most the simplest ways to avoid a lot of confusion with uh, when it comes to problem solving is to have some simple answers already in your mind. And a lot of that comes from reading the contract that you signed. You know, let's like, like, just be honest. There's a, there's a lot of people that don't read the contract, um, they just sign their name to it. So somebody will give them what they need to go pull freight. Um, <clears throat> but there's a lot of, I see people asking a lot of questions online that could be answered if they just went and read the contract that they signed.
1: Or they're surprised. They're surprised because something turned out a way that they aren't in agreement with, and then they are surprised to find out that that's exactly what the contract said was going to happen. But they didn't bother to read the contract, or they didn't understand it, or they didn't, you know. um, But that lease is, I don't know, twenty pages, twenty-five pages, double-sided. So I mean, I you know look, people, people buy $150,000 trucks and don't read the contract, you know? So, I mean, that's not anything that surprises you, but, but all the answers are there, you know? Um, you, you can, this stuff about the, uh, the, uh, deductibles I was talking about earlier, that's it. That's in the lease contract. You know, it, it, it's all spelled out there. Exactly what happens, what you're responsible for. If you damage freight or damage a trailer or whatever, it's all there, you know? Um, that's, That's the authority that all this comes from. It's not somebody sitting at a desk and going, well, I think I'm going to charge this VCO this today, you know, or whatever. That's, that's, you know, this is where the rules come from. And this is where the rules are, are, um, you know, this is where the rules are, are, are published. And, uh, it's just up to you to read them or you can do like most people and just ask on Facebook. And then instead of getting the rules, you get 98 opinions about what the rules are. Then you still don't know the answer, but you've got everybody's opinion as to what it is. You
0: know. Yeah. You might as well just walk up to the liars counter at the truck stop. Um, what do y'all think
1: about this? You know, and if there's yeah. 98 people there, you'll get 99 answers as to what the right thing supposedly should be. You
0: know? Yeah. And probably none of them are correct.
1: And then, yeah, most of them are. Yeah. So,
0: um, can you think of anything else no I know I i'm forgetting
1: i think we've probably covered it pretty well i mean problem solving is such a broad thing we've yeah. we've tried to show specific things that occurrences that happen at landstar on a fairly regular basis and uh, the the approach to doing it but you know any situation that you would qualify as as a problem you know, the, 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 the skills to resolve that problem are pretty, ge- pretty generic or pretty universal. Um, it's just take the emotion out of it, take the hurt out of it, you know, do what you can to minimize the impact that it's going to have on you, you know, especially in a business situation because i mean when we're talking business we're talking money i mean that's that's what business is so the whole point of, of problem solving in a business situation is minimize the impact it has on you financially so that and that's really what we're trying to do and but until it's, it's like having a wound until you wipe the blood away and just deal with the gash then you don't really know what you've got and if you're dealing with in a, in, a, in a problem solving situation and you let the emotions get involved, you haven't got the blood moved away yet. You know, you haven't seen the, how how bad the cut is because you're still pouting over the fact that, you know, this happened to you, you know? Um, so, um, but remember all we're trying to do here is get you to understand the impact it has on you financially and the way you recover from it will be whether you minimize that or let it affect continually affect the rest of what you do uh, in that week or whatever, you know? Um, So, but being decisive and, and again, decision-making is having all of the options in front of you, you know, and then look, look at using, drawing on your experience, drawing on your knowledge base, and understanding which one of these options is going to work best in this situation. So that's the process. Now, there's no, you know, two people could could do it two different ways. Um, looking back at it, here here's the real lesson from this, and that is, after you've made those decisions and you've resolved the problem. Now look back and go. Okay, would I do it the same way the next time, or am I learning from this that I'll take with me to the next problem that I have to have to solve? You know. So everybody makes mistakes, and everybody. In my when you work for me, mistakes are are. It's not expected, but they're understandable. It's making the same mistake over and over again that we don't tolerate. And learning is a process of making mistakes and learning from them. Problem solving is going to be the same way. A good problem solver is one who's who's learned from the mistakes he's made and making the wrong decisions on problems and understanding what that consequence was. And taking that information now, now he's a better problem solver now than he or she would have been, you know, before. So that's the other side of this is learn from the, you know, you're you're not going to always make the right decision, but analyze that, look at it, learn from it, and take that with you. And and remember that when you're doing, when you're, when your situation again, Oh well, wait a minute, I didn't work last time. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't do it. We should do it a different way this time. So, um, but hopefully this is, this will help you. You know, um, if you've got any questions specifically, we have, happy to answer them and and, and uh, address them in the future. Yeah, as usual, Well, you know,
0: <clears throat> uh, there's one thing that, that we never mentioned when it came to solving problems that we uh, encounter in running a fleet. And uh, that's going to the government and looking for an answer. Uh, <laughs> well, that's not problem solving. <laughs> yeah. Um, we we camping out in Washington for three weeks. Um, know, we're too we're too busy working, you know, to be able to take that much time off to go and uh, to go up there. Well, if you have questions, Chris at BlueRibbonLogistics dot com, Larry at BlueRibbonLogistics uh, We still are hiring drivers. Go to BlueRibbonLogistics.com and click on Drive for Us. Fill out the form there, and uh, we'll give you a call, set you up for an interview, look at your experience. Um, we're going to add some trucks this year. Uh, we we had one plan in the beginning of January. Um, we've had to modify that a little bit, but uh, we still expect to put a couple more trucks on this year. So we'll need good drivers uh, that, uh, that have the attitude and the aptitude for self-employment that want to come here and learn how to do this without risk and uh, be able to make a good living while you're doing it. So go check that out. Um, I've got this one live on our Facebook page. So we're going to try to do better about having these be live on Facebook and uh, do a little more interactive content. So uh, that's all for now. Until next time, we will see you later.
1: Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks.